0: Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. We're in this process of collaborating with God as God is placing it on your hearts to step into your assignment, whatever that might look like. And I realize all the stuff that has been taught about that and all the stuff that's confusing and challenging about that, but people are being, people are being influenced by the Spirit of God to step into their assignment. But I'm telling you, God is building His church. He's building this church. And there are people being inspired to step into, thank you, what He has for them to do. You know, when I talk about this, I always have to go back and lay the groundwork again that as God is building His church, that doesn't mean that you have to find out why you were created and fulfill your job in order to fulfill your purpose. Your purpose is to be a child of God. Amen? You wake up, you open your eyes, you breathe air, you acknowledge God, you place faith in Christ... Your purpose is fulfilled. You're a child of God. Now, because you're a child of God, inhabited by Him, empowered in this earth, on your way into that eternal dimension with Him, or really there now, He might give you an assignment. And that's what we're talking about. So what we're talking about is the idea of how God organizes and structures. I, I, I don't want to use people to build an organization I really could care, couldn't care less about that. I would still love to just meet in our house and just hang out. But I would feel like, you know, it just it's not, there's more. You know, there, the maturity has developed where it's like, okay, God is, there's more that God's really wanting to do through this thing, you know. And so let's cooperate with him. So we're not, so I don't want to use people to build an organization. I want to organize so to build people. And that's what we're in. We're in the people building business that's what God wants us to do. That's why he gave us the structure that he gave us is so that we grow people. We grow people up into their identity. You know, a seed already has within it what it will become. So it doesn't become something else. It just grows into f- maturity of what it is. It's a seed and everything is in it and then it grows into maturity. That is the journey that we are on. We are the seed. He has placed his seed in us, his presence, his perfection, his nature within us. And so what's happening is that is growing and we are growing into the maturity of God in us. You're not trying to become something that you're not. You know, as you grow, you might put off the old man in things where you might identify as this is me because I do this all the time. But it's not you. It's not in your nature any longer. It's not in your DNA within the seed that's in you. You are a seed. You are a God seed. You're not a God, but God's seed is in you and it's growing. Do you see that picture? So you're not trying to become, you're just yielding to the process of him growing in you. So you become fully mature into what is already in you. And so at that point, it's not about trying to get God to do things. It's more about just cooperating and following and walking with him and letting the process happen and get out of the way. Amen? Say Get out of the way. So God is building his church. Now, I'm going to run through this just as a quick review. um, Because, you know, it's interesting how many people we have join us online. I remember back in the day. Now, I, I don't live my life and really my um, Christian life trying to figure out what God is doing, needing a word from God, and then trying to uh, live out that word, that word of prophecy, if you know what I mean. you know. So in other words, a lot of people have been given a word and they're waiting for that word to come to pass. You ever live that way? You ever been prophesied to and you're like, all right, God, when are you going to do it? Probably it's not going to happen because you're sitting there waiting to try to either make something happen or you're, you've used that as an excuse to kind of check out and just wait for God to do something for you. Hello. So, all right, God is building his church. You have a place in God's body as he builds his church. Amen. You're a child of God. You are equal with everyone else in the body of Christ, but you have a place. You might have an assignment. You might have, an, a, you might have a calling. No one, not everybody is a foot. Not everybody is an eye. And the foot cannot say to the hand, I don't belong. So, you know, a lot of times we feel like uh, we don't fit in. I promise you, everybody feels like they don't fit in on some level. Well, this is kind of their church. This is kind of their thing, and I'm just kind of this, and this is mine, and I'm kind of... Just stop, okay? Just stop doing that. Realize you're part of the body of Christ. Get over whatever issues you have about feeling like you don't fit in, because we're all in the same boat. Can you, handle that? Can you handle that? All right, let's keep going. So you have a place in God's body. So we want to cooperate with God as He builds His church. He laid out a structure of what he's doing, how he's organizing. So we're not trying to do those things because we feel like we have to do those things or because we want to be good charismatics or something like that, but it's like, this is how he's doing it, so let's cooperate with him. Along the way as he builds his church, God will empower you with the graces of his spirit. And I say graces of his spirit rather than gifts of spirit because it's the same word in the Greek. So it's graces. Grace is a divine influence on your heart that brings capacity. Grace is not just unmerited favor. Mercy and grace are not the same thing. Mercy is when God doesn't give you the punishment that you deserve. That's merciful. Grace is an empowerment that comes from him inwardly. It's the the fuel which drives your growth into maturity. Grace. It's that substance, that spiritual life that comes within you as he prayed in Ephesians that that the strength in your inner man that helps you know his love the depth the height the breadth and the width of his love that brings you to wholeness grace is that spiritual active agent that is causing maturity how do you flow with grace that's the big question you do you flow in the gifts the same way that you flow in christian maturity And I'll just let the Holy Spirit teach you on that one because he's much better than I am. So this is what we're talking about today. And this is uh, 1 Corinthians 12. We're going to talk about, uh, and I've highlighted same spirit. So this is a section where it outlines the graces of the spirit. There are different gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. Anywhere you see spirit and it's talking about like, the activity of the spirit or something that has to do with you, you could interchange the word anointing in there. Because when the spirit falls on somebody or is given to somebody, that is that person is anointed. Because when the spirit touches you, you are anointed. So it's the same anointing. Different gifts, same anointing. Different ministries, same Lord. Different ways of working, same God. Works all things in all men. It's important that we make this distinction because people in the body of Christ have been taught, you have this gift, you have that gift, they, they don't meet in the middle, but if you like, you could pray for this person and give them your gift for the right price. Baloney. That's fake news. All right, let's keep going. So one is given and given the word given here is endued or empowered given through the spirit, the message of wisdom to another, the message of knowledge, another by the same spirit to another uh, faith by the same spirit. I missed those two Uh, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit to another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in various tongues and tongues there. Man, we've really made this a weird word. It's just language. He doesn't, you know, he speaks in his native tongue is, is how you'd say that phrase. So tongue just means language. Just to kind of demystify. What, what I love to do is demystify mysticism around spiritual truth. God's not confusing. So <clears throat> various languages and to still another interpretation of those languages, which is what we're talking about today, the, the tongue and the interpretation All these are the work of the one and the same spirit who apportions them to each one as he determines. So he works them. You've got the same spirit, same anointing, but he will determine which ones he wants to work through who, even though each person has the capacity for all of them to work through you. The body is a unit. So bringing into unity, uh, though it is. It is comprised of many parts, and although its parts are many, they are all from one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, one anointing, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. So, what is the gift of tongues? Anybody getting nervous? You good? Don't worry, I'm not going to have an altar call and make you pray in tongues today. That's not the point. That's not how it works, by the way, so you're safe. Um, But you might have the opportunity. So, all right. here. So, when when we talk about tongues and when we talk about spirit matters in general, for me, it's not magic. A lot of how we talk about spiritual truth, it's magic. It's like, I don't really understand it, but some kind of intangible thing is happening. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but it's God's doing it and he's just kind of making things happen. You know, it happens according to his sovereignty. Anyway, you get the point. I personally think there is a physics to spirit. In other words, that spirit dimension operates consistently, it has laws in which it operates, it can be understood. It can be worked with. It's not just random and it's not just God, you know, happenstance making things happen. there. And, and I'm not saying that you can figure out the secret because mystics have tried to do that and mysticism has crept its way into Christianity. So like Kabbalah, for instance, you ever heard of Kabbalah, ancient Jewish mysticism? A lot of these Hollywood actors wear the red bracelets on their wrists and they're into Kabbalah. Some of the big people are like Madonna and people like that are into Kabbalah. One of the root, one of the beliefs within Kabbalah is they call it, uh, uh, it's called magic. They use the word magic. And so what they think that they're doing is saying incantations, saying certain confessions to cause angels to be active in their lives. And so it's kind of like Catholicism where it's like you pray to this saint for this. You bury this statue of this saint in your yard to sell your house. You do this. There's kind of, like, it's kind of like categorized within Kabbalah. There's certain incantations you can say in certain classes and kinds of angels will run around and do things for you. Well, guess what? They're not angels. They're the other side that they're cooperating with. And that's a very real thing. Watch out for that kind of stuff. It sounds interesting, but it's crept into Christianity as well. People trying to command angels and all this kind of stuff. Now, Jesus did say one time that I could command angels, but he never does it. He lets God handle that part of it. So we kind of have this mystical mindset. But for me, and it's not that I need to put God in a box, I just want to take away the guesswork. I want to take out the randomness because here's what most people believe. I'm just going to, I'm changing my own notes. Here's what most people believe. God is in control. Everything happens for a reason. You ever heard that one? Everything happens for a reason. You know what? That's true. Everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason is you made a really dumb mistake. (laughs) You saw that one coming, didn't you? God works everything for our good. It's a half-truth. I'm actually going to cover that in just a minute. Sometimes God allows the trial and the pain because He knows it will make us stronger in the end. You ever heard that one? You ever believe that one? It's contrary to what James says in chapter 1. I'm not going into that today, but I've got a series on my website about it. Is God in control? That you can go through and listen to all that. So back up to what is tongues or what is this language, all right, so I think of it this these these are where my thoughts go when I think about this I go to the quantum understanding, thinking about science and and I think about quotes like this so this is Max Planck, Max Planck is one of the founding fathers of physics he he um you know discovered some of the interaction going on at the quantum level, stuff that Einstein wasn't even into and kind of stayed away from. This guy was into it. And this was his conclusion. Basically, what he discovered is that things happen on a quantum level, in other words, a very, very, very small level beyond microscopic level that defy laws of physics. Matter and the material world operates differently on a subatomic quantum level. And they observed this. Now, I don't have time to go back into it, but things like the double slit experiment, some of the things that we talked about. All right, so look at his quote. Anyone who has been seriously engaged in scientific work on any of any kind, that's pretty broad. Any scientific work of any kind realizes that over the, uh, over the entrance to the gates of the temple of science are written the words, you must have faith. It is a quality which scientists cannot dispense with. The pure rationalist has no place in science. Isn't that interesting? Why? Because he was discovering things that were contrary to material world. A plus B always equals C. It wasn't true. A plus B sometimes equals D or A plus B sometimes equals, you know, something totally random. (laughs) These are my thoughts. This is where I go. And this is the, these are the, some of the experiments that we talked about. These are some conclusions that we come to about humans and understanding of science and our interaction with the world. Max Planck also is famous for saying, we are not just subject to the material world. We are in an interplay with the material world. The material world responds to mankind. What we know is the material world responds to mankind. Our human emotions affect the health of plants. You ever seen that experiment where they, the, 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 the plants, the electrical activity in the plant put under a, like a lie detector test? They actually hooked up to a plant and the emotions that the human was experiencing changed the electrical activity in the plant. The plant either thrived or it displayed the energy of either fear or love. The plant did. In response to the human emotion, the way that they figured this out is a guy, some guy, say a guy, I don't know, some guy, one of these scientists, and this is real. It's I think it's in the Secret Life of Plants. You can study this; it's verifiable. Uh, he had, for some reason, he had a lie detector hooked up to a plant, and there was a there was a fly on his desk that he was going to slap. And when he emitted the emotion that he to go after this thing before he ever even slapped the plant, the fly. The plant freaked out. The, the light detector, it, it panicked as if it were under duress. The plant. Interesting, right? It responded. So human observation affects matter at the quantum level. That's the double slit experiment. Go check that out. We talked about it in here a few weeks ago. Photons arrange themselves in response to human DNA. Again, we talked about that experiment. Uh, Collaborative prayer can lower the crime rate in a city. There, again, there was, a, there was an exercise done in Washington, D.C., where they got 1% of the population together. They prayed every day for 30 days with the intention of lowering the crime rate, and it dropped dramatically by like 50% maybe. And when they stopped the collaborative prayer exercise, the crime rate went right back up to where it was. We have an impact on the world The material world responds to mankind. These are the kinds of things that I think of when I think of spiritual gifts like tongues. Are you with me? So tongues, think about it, pray is is this. Let's keep going. Say, keep going. All right, thank you. This is kind of how I boil it all down to is this one passage here. This is Paul, 1 Corinthians 14, 14 and 15. For I pray in a tongue... Uh, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. So your spirit is praying. Your spirit can pray. But my mind is unfruitful. And, and I'll tell you, that, is the, that, that really sums the whole thing up of what it is, your spirit praying. So let's just talk about that a little bit more. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. He makes the distinction that there is something happening when your spirit prays that you don't get it. Thank you, Jesus, for that gift. I mean, like, seriously. Because sometimes I need to bypass bypass the noodle, don't you? All right. I will sing with my spirit. I will sing with my mind also. God's spirit is continually instructing and leading you. Not in mysterious ways, not where you then come up with these memes in Christianity that damage people's faith, and they think that this brings them comfort, but there's not one of those statements that is biblically accurate. So let's keep going, and let's talk about the gifts a little bit more. This gives us a bit of a clue of what the Spirit is doing inside of us. I'm going to get to Romans 8 in just a minute. Romans 8 shows us that He's helping us when we don't know how to pray, But have this in your mind also, this way of thinking right here. When you think about this gift, this capacity, this grace working through you, keeping in mind the material world responds to mankind and the spirit then is doing this. So rather it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Say, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Amen. Because some people, and I've said this the past couple of weeks, some people just read verse 9. Well, you know, it just hasn't entered into the heart of man. We, don't know. we just don't know what God's doing, you know. God's sovereign. He's just in control. But he's revealed it to us by God is speaking. He's leading us. He's interacting with us. God is seeking to teach you. God is seeking to reveal his wisdom to you. You don't need to try to figure out how to hear his voice. You already do. I promise you. You hear God better than you think that you do. You hear him all the time. You're just not acting on it because you're stuck in your carnal thinking. It doesn't make sense to you, so you don't do it. So I just let the Holy Spirit teach you on the rest of that too because he's a better teacher. Like I can poke you and kind of get you to that point, and then it's up to you whether you're going to let the Holy Spirit take over and teach you from there. I don't mean trying to hear messages from him. I'm talking about that which is already within you growing and you becoming confident in how you follow him. That's between you and him. It just is. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God, for who among men knows the thoughts of man except his own spirit within him? So too, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. And this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught us by the Spirit. Now, that phrase, but in words taught us by the Spirit. Conceptually, that is what happened on the first day of Pentecost when the, bat, when the Spirit dropped and those people received the Spirit for the first time. When it says, they spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. Utterance is the word pronunciation or the words. Interesting, if you diagram that sentence, it's they that spoke. It's not the Spirit that made them speak. Contrary to popular Pentecostal belief, being baptized in the Spirit is not when God takes over, controls your tongue, and forces you to pray in the Spirit, and then you get the Holy Ghost. That's not how it works. You get the Holy Ghost when you get born again. It's up to you whether or not you're going to allow that baptism to come upon you and be under the influence of it or filled and then operate in these gifts. You don't get born again and then get the spirit at a different time. And I went through that and another series as well. We're going to, I'm going to have to remember these series and we'll, we'll do an email and post all these up. But so, uh, not in word. So this, but words taught by the spirit is that the Spirit gave them utterance. That's what's happening in that moment. The Word, the Spirit is teaching them words. And so if you don't pray in tongues, if you don't pray with your spirit, sometimes, you know, it's kind of like everybody second guesses it. Everybody wonders if it's real. Everybody has weird thinking about it. If you struggle with it, let me say it that way. If you struggle with it, welcome to the club. Everybody did when they first started. It's an act of faith. It's a yielding to. God will not control you. You control the gift. There is a moment where you start and it might just be your intellect, but let's keep going and put, drill down on what it is a little bit more. So words taught by the Spirit expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. That is talking about the gift of praying with your spirit. The natural man does not accept the things. So when we see natural man, we think unbeliever. But sometimes you're the natural man because of the way that you're thinking, either spiritual thinking or carnal thinking. Sometimes you think naturally. You're the natural man when you do that. The natural man does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they're foolish to him and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. We've been taught that discerning spiritual messages from God is an intellectual process that you're going to dr- get a message dropped. Yeah, it's, you're going to get like this sentence dropped. God told me this. Well, I'm te- man, I'm telling you what. Every day, all day, you could say, God told me fill in the blank because he's always speaking, because he's always guiding. He's the GPS system that is constantly course-correcting. This is where you're going. It's where he wants you to go. Missed it. Make a U-turn. Stop. Go left. That's what he's doing. That's what the Spirit of God is doing. Your job is not, do I go left? Oh, wait, should I go right? Oh, oh what, what am I like out here? Your job is this. Allow the seed, his nature within you to develop to the degree. As a, the way you do that is you respond to his love for you putting on the new man in Christ. We've talked about that the last couple of weeks. All this is building upon itself. And you become comfortable knowing who you are in Him, knowing how He feels about you, watching that maturity grow. And as you make decisions, you become confident that you are making the decision that He is naturally leading you to. See, we think that following God means I don't know what I'm supposed to do, God, you tell me what to do so that I can do that. And it's really not that. That might happen sometimes. But the more mature way is I'm so full of him. I'm aware of his presence. I'm aware of where he's generally leading me. I just know that this is the decision that I need to make right here. And you just make it and it is in collaboration with his spirit. I can't tell you how to get there. But the more you spend time with him in that intimacy, and it's nothing magic about time, it's just that conditioning of your heart to be familiar with his love for you, to know his word, to get that word in there so that it will grow. uh, So the spiritual man, and really the word judges is understands, understands all things, but he himself is not subject to anyone's judgment or understanding. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. You have the capacity to think like Christ inwardly. Part of you instantly agrees when God leads you to do something totally impossible. But the mind the in, or the intellect aspect of you might reason it away. So thankfully, he gave us this gift. He gave us, he gave us a, a tool to bypass that when you're carnally confused when you're intellectually confused that's where the gift of praying with your spirit comes in are you with me all right watch this this is pretty cool let me let me just plant this seed in your mind death and life are in the power of the tongue those who love it will eat its fruit you have the power of life and death in your tongue that's not just a poetic phrase there's scientific evidence to that now. So let's jump here. Watch this. This is, this is incredible. Romans 8.26. Uh, so this is talking about being led by God. Uh, 8.26. In the same way, the Spirit helps in our weaknesses. How many of you are weak sometimes? And everybody raises their hands. Reese, raise your hand back there. Yes, thank you. The Spirit will help you when you are weak. That's real. Are you with me? Think about that. When you're weak, the Spirit will help you. Do you believe that? Like, really? Most of the time? I mean, let's be honest, right? Like, I know that he's supposed to. I know that that's the right answer. But do I live that way? We don't know what to pray for. You ever feel that way? I have no clue what to pray here. But the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans and he who searches our hearts. That's what he said. The spirit's doing. This is a verification back over to that first Corinthians. Uh, The spirit who searches our hearts knows the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And so then the big popular phrase here, the big popular scripture that gets lifted out of context is immediately after the process of be, of praying with your spirit. And we know that in all things, God works for good. God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called, uh, that's not right there, who have been called according to his purpose. At, so the phrase that people say, well, God works everything together for our good, that phrase that people lift out of context and apply to cancer and apply to children dying and apply to atrocities in Africa, and come up with ideas like, uh, well, you know, sometimes God allows the pain and the suffering because He knows it will make you stronger. People come up with dumb ideas like that. They come up with those ideas a lot of times from this one passage. And this one passage is directly after the idea that when you don't know what to pray, when you don't know what to do, the Spirit of God is searching your heart. And He knows what to pray. And he knows his own heart, so what he's doing is he's interceding for you, through you, declaring his will, and then everything works out together for good. You can't just randomly say that he works everything out together for good. He doesn't. Doesn't work that way. But he does when you allow him to declare his will through you. Do you see that? And it's more than just some charismatic exercise of praying in tongues and something magic happens. It is actually, so this is kind of the, this is, this is a a thing that I wrote that helped me boil it all down. He gave you his spirit so you would understand what he put in you. Now, these are all actually scriptures that we just read and I kind of put it all in one statement. His spirit is searching your heart to show you areas where you don't trust him. And he shows you the truth to believe about that area. Knowing truth sets you free in an experiential way. He's trying to lead and guide you into all truth. And his spirit is trying to reveal to you what he's prepared for you and how to navigate life, to position yourself to walk in those good things and be a blessing for others. Praying with your spirit is cooperating with that process. God gave us authority over all creation. Mankind has dominion. When we pray with our spirit, God is collaborating with our authority to declare His will. It's it's like you are letting God use your human authority to speak through you, for you, to your life. Do you see that? And then you couple with that the understanding that all of creation responds to mankind. The plants, photons, everything at its smallest level interacts with mankind. It's like God is programming your world around you through you to declare His will. And then things like the water responds so you can walk on it. The bread multiplies because you care about people. The motivation of Jesus multiplying the bread was because these people had been with him for a few days. And the disciples said, they're hungry. Send them away. And he said, you know what? They've been here for quite a while. They're probably going to pass out. They're dehydrated. They don't have the the nourishment within them. Let's just feed them. I I don't want them to go away and, and suffer hunger and Pass out. That's what he said. So he multiplied the bread and fed them. That's God. You know, and that's, that's not Jesus magically making things happen. There's physics happening there. And that's the spirit of God. Work, the will of God was to feed those people. And he worked through Jesus to accomplish his will. And his will is good plans for you. His will is evidenced in the garden, perfection. It's in heaven, and then Jesus showed us in the middle. That's God's will, heaven. Everything else in between is ultimately mankind's impact on the earth and God responding to the different arrangements and relationships that we've been in covenantally and and beyond. So, praying with your spirit, praying in tongues, Do it more and more and more because what you're doing is you're yielding your authority to God to affect the world and it is God declaring His will into your life. It's not magic. There's still faith involved and it should edify. It should build up. It should still build up. So the one who speaks in tongues builds up himself but the one who prophesies builds the church. Now, so Tongues in church. Let me just cover this real quick. Um, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Uh, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing with praise. I will sing praise with my spirit. I will sing with my mind. Otherwise, I will. If you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say Amen to you, uh, to your thanksgiving? when he does not know what you are saying for you may be giving thanks well enough, but the other person is not being built up. So this is just instruction of how it should operate in the church. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. Nevertheless in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 in a tongue. The one who speaks in tongues builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. I'm totally open to that operating that way in this body. If he needs to, you know, but here's what I think. I think that if we're missing God and we're not speaking what he's led us to speak, then he'll give somebody a tongue to course correct us. That's how I see it, honestly. And someone gets the interpretation, gets us back on track. A prophecy is somebody gives something or somebody gets something from God. They stand up and they declare it. This is what God is saying. This is a promise. This is an aspect of the finished work that God wants to see moving or even declarative over a nation or whatever. You know, prophecy is, is a bigger thing. Tongues is more personally for you. Praying with your spirit edifies you, builds you up, and you do it when you don't know what to pray. So pretty much we should do it all day, every day. You know, and it's not just to build you up. It's God collaborating with your human authority to affect the world around you is pretty powerful. But it all hinges on this idea the Spirit of God is moving. He's active. He's not just sovereignly, randomly making things happen. We have a part to play in God, with God building His church. This gift is something very powerful that we can use, operate in. It does things within our life, and we're collaborating with God of whatever His will is for this earth. We should be flowing in it. Like Paul said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. But then he puts it in order. Amen? All right. Again, ending on this same thing, gifts ultimately are for the purpose of unity in the body, ultimately for the purpose of growing us up, collaborating with God, but cultivate compassion. I've been given this same homework assignment for the last couple of weeks, cultivate compassion when you're out in public. Look at people through the eyes of God's love for them. If you want to operate in the gifts of the spirit, if you want to operate, if you want to get words, if you want to see healing flow, if you want to see all that stuff operate through you, love people. Don't put the gift in front of the person. Don't think, well, I'm supposed to do this. Don't think, I want to be spiritual. That was a great testimony last week. Can I do that? And you're trying to discern some message and who's got back pain or whatever. It's like, just love people. And as you are loving them, pay attention to what God's saying inwardly. He might give you a message for that person as you look at them and you're like, man, you're awesome. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but I just God loves you, man. I, w- I want to love you as much as God does. By the way, you know, by the way is the gift. He'll teach you as you go. Father, we thank you that you're teaching us, that you're leading us, that you're guiding us. We trust you. We trust, just tell him you trust him. Just get a picture of that idea of the spirit of God in you. He has a a will to declare through you. And when you don't get it with your mind, you can yield to the gift and pray in an unknown tongue, pray with your spirit, words that don't make sense, and it's affecting the world around you. The world is responding to God praying through you, but you are collaborating and cooperating with him. Thank you, Father, for your spirit that's in me. I yield to you. Um, so I heard, like, all the pieces come together at the sound of your voice. And I was like, it's kind of what it, but it didn't have the right feel. And so I, um like, that was the idea that I had. Um, and then I just looked up in the thesaurus, like, different words until I found the right, I don't know, until it resonated. Um, and so... Another way of saying it is all of the elements align with the resonance of your proclamation. Or another way to say it is all of the fragments assemble at the vibration of your utterance. Praise God. I like this one too, like all of the pieces align at the drop of your voice. Wow, praise God, thank you. Show her some love for that. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. And thank you to those of you who support Forward Ministries financially. You truly are changing the way the world sees God. You're helping people detox from performance-based religion and experience God's love for them. We're committed to helping you renew your mind so you'll experience transformation and move forward in every area of your life. I pray you're making this heart journey. Visit my website at clintbyers.com for hundreds of free teachings and articles That will empower you to renew your mind And put on your eternal identity In Christ I'm especially excited about my tools for transformation That have original music and modern technology Designed to help you Slow down and connect with the spirit of God In your heart I'd like to invite you to partner with Forward Ministries Help us continue to spread the gospel And develop resources That are empowering people to grow In their identity in Christ Thank you again for joining me I pray God's blessings and promises over you and your family today.